Hey everyone, welcome to Hashtag Enlightened Bitches. I'm Julia. And I'm Claire. This podcast follows the lives of two women who have formed an uncommon bond through parenting, recovery, womanhood, and fierce personal growth. We are on the never-ending search for enlightenment, but we're taking our attitude problems with us. hello everyone hey everyone welcome to another episode of hashtag enlightened bitches you introduce yourself first this time oh hi i'm claire and i'm a mental health and substance use nurse in my community and i'm julia and i run pretty aggressive recovery coaching i help people learn how to thrive in this life because simply surviving is bullshit I love how your title is just way longer than mine. I'm it just, is not. It is. It's way longer. You're no. like, well, you're promoting your business. I don't have a business. I just like work for the man. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> work for the woman? Well, it's the man. It's Ugh. the corporation. Ugh. Actually, Ugh. I know. The corporation CEO is a woman. So I guess I am working for the woman. But, you know, who fucking knows? I don't know. Anyways, I work I for the like, government. Well, so that's like, the man. I feel like women control, I don't know, healthcare. They should. If they don't. I, I feel like... Women control lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not kidding when, like, behind every man, like, yeah. behind every great man is a greater woman. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling the puppet string. Yeah. <laughs> dance, baby, just, dance. Just like how my advice uh, that I got from a very dear friend of mine who is, uh, who wields a penis, um, suggested that I treat men during emotional times like toddlers and this was his advice that he actually seems to appreciate like that's yeah. how he would like it, yeah like to be treated and like knows other men need to be treated like toddlers when they're in emotional upset i'm shaking my head right now i'm just like and rolling my eyes in disgust for like the I, idea that i have to treat someone like i have to treat my child like actually my child is more not even a toddler she's a kid now so that's right she's yeah. a young child yeah so, yeah, no, like, I don't need a toddler. If I needed a toddler, I'd go produce a baby that grows into a toddler, and then I, you know, have a toddler that I could treat like a toddler. Yeah, not a full-grown adult that regresses to toddler-tum. Yeah. <laughs> Toddler-town. Um, while, like, going through an emotional upset or outburst, like, I'm not, yeah, I mean, well, okay, so let's play devil's advocate. Let's just take this for a second yeah. and play devil's advocate that when women are having like an emotional upset and we wish to feel consoled or protected or that there's like a man there to solve our problems. Is that what, like, is that a thing? Is that true? Is that not true? Like, is that weak women? Is that a man that, there to solve our problems? Like as in like, or to comfort us, right? Okay. Like, so are we looking for the opposite sex to comfort us when we have an emotional upset uh, or did they cause the emotional upset? I'm, I'm confused. Sorry. I'm I'm asking if it's um, I'm I'm asking to reveal uh, a double standard that doesn't exist. That it's um, not just men uh, need to be treated like toddlers when they're in emotional distress. Um, that that's that women when they're in emotional distress do they also need to be treated as a toddler? A, uh, like a damsel in distress would be the comparison. I would say. Like, and the reason that discussion came up, like, um, my friend was saying that that's, that's the Freudian thing. Like men, men look for, uh, like their mother replacement when they get into a romantic relationship, they're looking to be 
looking to be emotionally taken care of. And then when women get into romantic relationships, we're seeking to find a protector, a father replacement. Are those are those things true? Um, Not that you necessarily have the right answer. I know. I, mean, I, I feel like I feel like it's like it's a lo- one a loaded question, and two, it's like I feel like sometimes maybe, sometimes maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) how I would reword that is, (laughs) um, yes, I believe that tons of people do follow that process and behave that way and operate in their adult romantic relationships that way, but I wouldn't fucking tolerate it is what I'm saying is most people or the majority of people or a high percentage of people do that. And I don't want to be one of them. And I hope to be in a relationship with someone else who isn't fucking like that. Yeah. I I work hard at not being that. Yeah. Yes. I like um, emotional comfort from the the people I'm intimate with in my life and not just sexually romantically intimate, like my tribe and my friends and my family and my comrades. And yeah, there's that. That's a reasonable ask. That's a reasonable expectation. That's why we develop close relationships. Yeah. Is to have camaraderie. Comfort. And, yeah. Emotional. emotional comfort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And security and whatever. I just, every time we talk about the toddler thing, I think of this one point in time in my life with a friend um, and it was a, a, a girlfriend. We were hanging out. We were, I was hanging out with two of my girlfriends that night and I was walking home very drunk from a <laughs> From, from a, not the bar, but a brewery. So not, no, no different. A bar. Uh, yeah. Whatever. A place that serves alcohol is yeah. the primary means yeah. of profit. Yeah. Okay. And I was very intoxicated walking <laughs> home. And I literally behaved as a toddler. At one point in time, I stomped my foot on, in the, I stopped. I raised my voice at her and then stopped my foot in like on the road. I like had a tantrum on the side of the road. Okay. But you were inebriated and <laughs> had like lower judgment and like cognitive functioning. I was, I was, was going through a very, I was going through a very rough point in my life. So that was, which, which led to the inebriation part. But yeah, but I literally behaved like a toddler. And I think she also treated me back. Like, like, you would treat a toddler, like, as in, like, get your shit together. (laughs) That's not, how the fuck do you treat a toddler? I don't look at, when I had a toddler, I didn't look at her and be like, get your shit together. Okay, fine. (laughs) Maybe maybe she didn't treat me like a toddler, but I did, I did have a, I did have a hissy fit like a toddler. It was pretty, it was pretty epic. Okay, so that's you, (laughs) prior to recovery, with alcohol in your system, dealing with extreme emotional upset. Mm -hmm. But, we're talking about people in sobriety who should be like meant who we expect are like, like mentally and psychologically slightly disciplined and, you know, managing their minds well enough, like an average adult, mm-hmm. um, not optimal or exceptional, just average. <laughs> um, getting into like an emotional upset and then behaving like a toddler and then needed to, or not even behaving, but just be needed to be treated like a toddler by their their life partner by their romantic partner and like that's like it was suggested to me that that's how we deal with that that's how a woman should deal with her life like, partner heterosexual male life partner to treat men and their emotions like fucking toddlers like mother no, them yeah to mother them 
it's okay. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. You know, you just need to know blah, blah, blah. And this is, it's okay. I'll help you with like, no, no. I, I did that for two years from like age two to age three with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do it again unless I have another child. (laughs) You know, unless I birth you from my womb, you don't get that kind of treatment. (laughs) Even, Even my close friends, I'm kind of like, so let's solve your problem. I understand that's difficult. I love you very much. I'm sure you're extremely capable of handling this. Do you want advice right now? Or do you want to go have a cry and come back? Well, I guess that's toggling. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. I'm having a very stark, reflective moment. <laughs> okay. Let's. <laughs> I may have talked myself into a hole there. <laughs> Is that true? Do I do that with people? Um, you check in for sure. Do you want this advice now, or do you want it later, or or is it? Are you? Are you? Uh, your other words are: Are you asking me for advice? Yeah. Are you asking me your opinion? My opinion? Yeah, yeah. That's not a conversation I would have with a toddler. No, no, because a toddler doesn't have that like coping. Like they no. don't have that cognitive level. Um, yeah, yeah. No. So, okay. Yeah, no, I would treat a uh, partner the way I treat my friends with like emotional comforting, like, hey, you're like, you're going to do fine. Do you want advice now or later? Or do you just want to like sit and vent and like have a tantrum? Like, I'm not going to respond to it, but yeah. like, <laughs> you have, can have it. Have that or in a different room. Yeah. Um, and when you're in a different room. Yeah. <laughs> Please remove yourself from my presence because like, I don't tolerate it. Do you need a drink or do you need a smoke or do you need some chips or some chocolate? And do you need to talk or do you need to fuck off? Like, yeah. That's not how I'm treating a toddler, but that's no. how I would treat an adult or my partner with that. You know? Yeah, fair. Do you want me a part do you want me to help you help you figure out a solution or do you want me to back off? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a toddler requires much more management than that. <laughs> and I'm not doing that for a, a like a, an adult. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's that's reasonable. Yeah, so I think okay. So I'm glad. <laughs> I, I wanted you on my side with this one. Yeah. <laughs> it was recommended to me by someone that I that I generally put as like more intelligent than me. Um, which is few and far between and uncommon. I don't know why you do that, but that's okay. I'll I'll, I'll leave that one. A whole other situation. Yeah, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But so it was recommended to me to treat treat men and their emotions in a as the way I would treat a toddler, and I'm I disagree. I'm not participating in that. No. Okay. You either? No, I'm not. I'm not treating people like toddlers. This is why we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I want somebody that has more self-awareness in their life, but I don't need someone that needs to be a toddler. Yeah. Is that your cake? Yeah, that's cake. Oh, okay. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah. And then we'll get into our actual topic (laughs) tonight, which is rejection, relationship exits, and getting dumped. And we'll be right back in a second after Claire checks the cake. Checks the cake. Hey everyone, we are back. Cake is out of the oven. Right? There's still a bun in the oven somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No more wine. It's bullshit. All right. Tonight's tonight's topic, as we mentioned before the break, is rejection, relationship exits, and getting dumped. Because big part of uh, prior to recovery is dealing with rejection in super fucked up unhealthy ways. Yeah. 
which happens a lot, especially yeah. when you're damaged, you usually get rejected a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> and um, people make relationship exits from you and you make very destructive relationship exits from others yeah and getting dumped well that's everybody's cup of tea totally. <laughs> that's part of everyone's life pie well it is yeah um it's, it unfortunately happens or fortunately mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes that's a necessary necessary part of the process yeah necessary part of someone's path yes <laughs> i'm laughing at claire she gets attacked by the bitch kitty yeah all right Let's get into this. Okay. <laughs> so first we're going to uh, open tonight's episode after our conversation about male toddlers. Male adult <laughs> toddlers um, walking around like little bitches in their diapers. Um, <laughs> it's never, this concept is never going to get let down in our house now. We're going to be like, do you need to be treated like a toddler? Do you need a nappy? <laughs> I can't wait. Can I get you a papa? <laughs> oh my God, like yes. If I ever get into a relationship with another guy who like flips his shit on me and starts like behaving erratically with his emotions, I'm going to ask him if he needs a papa. <laughs> I'm going to ask him, do you need a papa? Does mommy need to come talk to you in? <laughs> And he's going to be so confused and perturbed. And I'm just going to be like, I'm going to pull a George Costanza and be like, okay, everybody, good night. <laughs> I just like exit out his door. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I love it. We <laughs> Can you just like video FaceTime me while you're doing it or like something just so I can be a part of it? I should start FaceTiming you on like all my dates, like just when I know they're getting bad. And I'm just going to be like, Claire. I'm gonna be like, Claire, watch this. And I'll just like hold my phone on record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of like, and hey, guess what? Do you wanna know why I'm leaving and you're never gonna see me again? Because. And then I'll just like, pop, 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 pop. And like, so. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's, so that's gonna be my life for like the next four years. But now <laughs> I've decided that I don't have time for a relationship. <laughs> for now. This is this is post breakup. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm bitter. I'm jaded. I got dumb. Yeah. Shit. Everything sucks. Yeah. <laughs> everything sucks. Yeah, I can't have a drink and I can't have a smoke and yeah. I'm fucking choked. Yeah. yeah that's. <laughs> I almost cried. <laughs> Ugh, but, but I couldn't because my lashes were on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that? Thursday, pretty girl. Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. I got new new lash extensions and like I got super upset and, about And my... then I got the text, bros are chicks before dicks. And yeah. like, I got all... You were hanging out with your new dude and I was like, <laughs> when the fuck are you going to be home to hang out with me? Yeah. I just got dumped and yeah. you haven't been around. Yeah. Like, what are you good for? <laughs> Nothing, apparently. Nothing. You brought me chocolate-covered peanuts, chocolate-covered yeah. almonds, and aloe water. Mm -hmm. Which, you know what? It just, it was the best. And, and then you told me I was pretty. Yeah. Um, And that my hair looked really nice. Yeah. And that my lashes looked great. Yeah. So then I felt better. Yeah, and I spent five minutes, like, cutting, cutting you upside down. Cuddling my face. Yeah. You cuddled my face. Yeah. It was great, because I was starfishing on the floor, yeah. finishing an exam, because I'm like, if I'm going to get dumped, well, at least I have spare time now and extra time to crush my goals, which is what I tried to do in the first place. Then they got mad. I got to be hyperproductive. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> okay. So back to the topic. Yeah. 
What does rejection look like before recovery? Oh, yeah. So um, when, why, and how do we reject others? And then how do we react when we get rejected? So this is all the concept before before recovery. Recovery. I can I can tell you I was a fucking horrible person yeah. when I got rejected before recovery. And I mean rejected in friendships, rejected in work opportunities, right. or right. rejected, um, you know, for anything. Rejected for anything. Whether the rejection was implied or whether it was very clear. Um, I was in teenage years. I respond the same way I did as a young adult. Like I'd go smoke a bunch of cigarettes. I'd go get wasted. I'd go take my anger and rage and like low self-esteem out on someone else. I'd cut someone else down, um, like unsuspecting strangers. Like I'd go to a bar and just like be miserable and have someone like hit on me or try to start a conversation with me and I'd pick a fight with them. Um, I'd go like, blowing up other relationships around that like opportunity or like I was just a wreck. I was horrible. Oh. Um I'd turn it on myself. Right. Um or I'd blame others. Yeah. Like I'd, I would blame the world. Yeah. Like the world is unfair. Yeah. Like the system is unfair. Like, you know, I I got rejected because someone else bop ba bop ba Yeah. Like external locus of focus. Yeah. Total pessimism. Yeah. Like and that you know, the whole world would explode and implode. Like right. this is forever, it's totally permanent. Yeah. Like this always happens to me. I never get da 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 da. Yeah. Like, it's all the negative, like um, poor mind management, um, like just shitty, shitty talk from an unmanaged mind with no coping skills. Yeah. And yep, I, I was wholly destructive. Yeah. So mine was maybe not as destructive. Well, definitely wasn't <laughs> as destructive. But I definitely had the poor me. I had the mm. poor me attitude and the poor me self talk. I had the mm. poor me self talk. And, um, my mind was more self abuse. So like more like emotional eating, yeah. um, destructive, like drinking. Um, so mine is just, it's mine's self-destruction. My coping, my mm. mind before recovery was self-destruction in those like unhealthy ways, whatever I can do to make myself kind of feel hurt or feel discomfort or like, you know, feel the like external, external rejection of the world then I'm gonna like I'm gonna feel it you know I'm gonna overeat I'm gonna overdrink I'm gonna overdo whatever I can I'm like what what types of rejections do you feel you face in your lifetime like are are they the same ones that I listed like from people from relationships from job opportunities yeah I mean like yeah trying to achieve certain things mine mine also the other part is that I'm like my one of my things still one of my um character defects is that I'm a people pleaser so like Mm. for me rejection is easy come by Mm. so like if um if someone's not doesn't like me that's a rejection to me right so like my rejections were more frequent in that regard because, mm-hmm. well, my people pleasing comes from my alcoholic upbringing and my disordered right. family that way. So, yeah, so I'm a huge people pleaser. If someone didn't like me, then I needed to make them like me. And if I couldn't make them like me, that was a rejection. And then it's just a vicious cycle. And like, so it yeah. didn't just come from not, well, and the other thing, yeah, like I've had like major 
major major fails from school. Like I actually failed nursing school. I had to reapply. And mm. so like that was devastating to me because like my preceptor didn't like me. And like then I had another one that didn't like me. My instructor didn't like me. Like I like right. all of it was about people not liking me. And if only right. they just knew or like yeah. Right. So yeah, mine was more of those sorts of things than anything. Rejection came from that. People not liking me. Yeah, my rejection definitely came from like achievement-based rejections. Like if I didn't get uh, the mark I thought I should get or if I didn't um, complete a, a task or a course or get accepted to a certain committee or even when I was writing articles, if my editor like chopped out a paragraph, I felt like that was the rejection of my talent and mm. I took it poorly. I pointed fingers and I blamed other people and I made it like, not about me. I made it about other people's incompetence mm -hmm. a lot. Like, well, you, like, you just don't get how, whatever it was, um, like, a that def like a good defense, your best defense is a good offense. And mm -hmm. I used that as my, um, like my defensive style, like that was my armor, yeah. um, was to make other people the problem. Yeah. So, um, but it, it totally did, um, come out in, in destructive ways. I mean, it's it's self-destructive in itself to not take ownership or responsibility of a part you play in in how your life turns out, right? The mind took I took over ownership. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like I took yeah. it like to heart that I, I only could be better or if I could do just a little bit more yeah. or I just need everyone to like me. Right. So but yeah, I don't need everyone to like me anymore. <laughs> and then so what about when we're before we're in recovery when we're if you're still in like a toxic life pattern um do you recall what your rejection of others looked like did you ever do you feel like I don't I didn't reject anyone I, I like tried not to reject people because I wanted people to like me so like I didn't I didn't really push people away like I I couldn't like right and how did how did that look how did that turn out like and what did well what, what happens when we don't, when we're in a toxic life pattern and we don't reject things that we should? <sighs> they just keep, you mean like you just drag the toxic toxicity with you? Like just, I, I just kept dragging toxic shit with me. Why wouldn't I? Cause they, like if I had to cut somebody loose, then you know, that would just, they would hurt. They wouldn't like me anymore. Right. I mean, I guess, like, I just carried a lot of shit with me and, like, pe people petered off in my life and I just didn't, like, touch it. Like, I just allowed people to disappear because right. – so if people were disappearing from my life, then I allowed them to. And otherwise, like, the first and the first big cut I think I ever made and maybe was a small step towards trying to become – trying to work on myself was cutting my mom out before she passed away. But right. even then – I was still not healthy. Like I was very, I was not working well, on recovery or self, self recovery or self. And so, anything. so how did that rejection look? If that's like, if you still were in a toxic mindset, but you were rejecting someone else, <clears throat> like, did you do it in a healthy way? Did you do it in an unhealthy way? Like what were your thoughts around it? Well, I think I did it in a healthy enough way, but it was, they were, that was a toxic thought. Like it wasn't, it wasn't helpful. Like in the sense that I was like, well, you know, if I, I really put it on me. I was like, if 
like if I had a daughter that asked me to do these things, then I would step up my game and I would do them. So like, right. So I put it on like a, like if, like, uh, if only kind of idea with her. So like it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a good break. I mean, it was, I needed to do it, but it wasn't, it wasn't designed in a healthy way. My thought patterns or thoughts about it weren't healthy. Uh, can you, can you share some more of those? Like you're saying that the if only, can you explain that, that concept? Cause I feel like that's, that is a lot of what people battle when they're, when they have toxic people in their lives or toxic. Well, when, when we struggle, when we struggle with abuse and we struggle with making boundaries, cause that's, that's what rejection is. Like there's nothing we know now that there's nothing wrong with rejection. There's nothing no. wrong with saying no to things and there's nothing wrong with people saying no to us. Yeah. And, but when we're in um, a toxic, unrecovered mindset or haven't started a recovery journey, those concepts be, feel very extreme and they feel like ultimatums. Uh, do you agree? Like, yeah, but that's what I did to her. I just put yeah. ultimatums in place and like big ultimatums and high, like ones that kind of went from zero to 60 on the person, on her, like. She's battling her addiction and I and it hit ahead. And instead of, you know, putting boundaries, I just like was like, nope, you're cut now. Yeah. So I I mean, honestly, in all honesty, I wouldn't change it. Um, it would have had it would have went that way anyways. I was I wouldn't have tolerated the behavior that she was exhibiting in my life. Um, but if I was dealing with the situation now in a in a healthier frame of mind. Um, with recovery language on and a lot of self-work, I would come at it in a different way. Mm. Um, but that's hindsight's always 2020. You can always look at something and be like, I could, I could do some, I would do it totally different. I have to, I have to battle that, um, hindsight that, 2020. That, yeah. That proverb <laughs> or whatever that is like, but I, I, <laughs> you, if you, yeah, like, but I, I see what you're saying. Like yeah. I would change it, but I can't change it. I can't change what I did. Right. Um, and I don't think I really, I, the result wouldn't have changed. I still would have cut her out. Um, right. So would your rejection have looked and felt different? Yeah, it would have looked different. It yeah. would have looked different. The It would have been, you know, there would have been boundaries put in place. Um, well, and I think I did try that. I did try putting some boundaries in place, but they weren't firm boundaries. I, didn't ha- I waffled on my own boundaries and then... Um, so it would have led to the same place. It just, it probably would have been done a little bit differently. Hmm. Do you, do you feel like um, rejection in the pre-recovery state, um, like how, how different does that look versus the like in recovery and post, like, I don't know if there's, I think there's post recovery. I believe in that. I yeah. believe in the beyond damage concept. Yeah. Um, becoming kind of like an, uh, f- like a thriving state. So in recovery and in a thriving state, um, how different does us rejecting things in our lives look? I think we put. I think we put ownership back. We give ownership back to the person that we're we're rejecting. Like we don't t- like. Well, okay, so I'm not, I shouldn't say we, I don't, I, I put ownership back on someone else. I don't own their feelings. I would have owned their feelings before. Right. I would have owned, you know, that I hurt them and I did this and I did that. And 
like it would have been all about me again like you know all about my part in it and not acknowledging that they had a part in the whatever the breakup or the dissolvement of a friendship or whatever like or even a job like um I would have been like well I didn't try hard enough or I didn't do well enough or I didn't give it I didn't give it a solid effort um so I would have I would have put it all on me instead of allowing to see that there's like there's other ownership so right and in the in my recovery like state I I put the ownership back on the other person I also acknowledge that there's other elements to relationships you know and so it's not all about me right I do I do self-reflect on it everything uh, all dissolvements of relationships friendships losses whatever I do self-reflect on it I I own my part of it I look at I I analyze it because that's who I am but I also realize that it's not all about me right it's not all about me yeah and that's that's the more like recovered state right yeah um I'm I know when um before my recovery my rejection of other people and other things were like just just like my how I reacted to being rejected my rejection of others was usually either extremely um, like ice cold and avoidant um, or it was um, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was a very, and I mean, rejecting ideas and concepts and lifestyles. And I was like a really broad spectrum, like hugely exploratory and like my rejection of I'm not like that. I don't do those things. Like I like that lifestyle's bullshit. And like people who believe da 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 are stupid fucks. And like mm. then rejection of people, I could like I was vicious. I'm like, no, I hate you. Like I don't like anything about you. Like I don't want anything to do with you. Like stay out of my life. Stay away from me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, but like where that rejection came from was fear mm-hmm. was um like a fight flight or freeze like reptilian brain mentality right. like all of my rejection of even like people trying to love me people trying to take care of me people trying to be nice to me I'm like I don't trust that that's bullshit like don't come near me like you can't help me like don't like who do you think you are I'm trying to like get in my shit like fuck you stay away from me like I was a super vicious like I felt rejected by the world and I rejected the world back. Um, right. It was a huge part of my toxicity was just, and you know, it, I, I recognize now that like a lot of that came from similar to like my, some of my eating disorder issues was my attempts at control. Yeah. So I was trying to control a level of what comes in and what goes out and like what, like, what affects me and what comes near me and what's part of my life because I was raised in a home with someone who was like highly manipulative, like narcissistic gaslighter. So my, I, I knew implicitly that a lot of my world was controlled by something I couldn't see and controlled and manipulated by something I, I couldn't grasp. Yeah. So my, um, my feverish rejection and anger and, abrasive aggressive behavior was um my attempts at at um owning choices of like being able to have control and saying no to things um 
felt really good. It, it fed my, my damage and fed my pain and fed um, needs that I felt weren't being met. And yeah. I, I used it in really like bad toxic ways. So, yeah, I mean, control is, a, is something I, is another one of my character defects, something I still battle with, like planning and controlling and manipulating. And like, that's like, I don't do, I don't do it as much anymore, but it was a huge part of my mm. previous to recovery part. Like I, like I used to say that I would plan my life until I died. <laughs> and then I would try to control that plan, like try and try and try and try right. regardless of. Right. So like, you know, like I'm going to get this job by this point in time and then I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to do be this person and I'm going to like this <laughs> and I'm going to and then like, you know, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have the two kids and then I'm going to and life is going to look like this and it's and it's going to gonna gonna. And so like I yeah, so like I was like that kind of planner and then use control to like make sure that I got all the things that I wanted to get. Did you find yourself um, like rejecting and closing off things that would cause you to deviate? From, from like your plan? Yeah, probably. Um, I think I was just so blinded on the plan that like, I just went with the plan. Like I didn't, and I, if it like, if I like, I think like even like failing at a nursing school, I was like, well, it's like, then I'm just back on the plan. I'm just like getting back in and I'm just going to do what I need to do. And I just like, right. Cause that's part of the plan. And then like, you know, like even with my marrying my ex-husband, it was like, well, I'm graduating nursing school, like, and we're moving and like, we're dating, like we're going to move out. Like we weren't living together. We spent every waking minute together, but cause we're incredibly codependent, but, <laughs> um, but like even that, I was like, we, we know now we're going to move out together. Like, well, if I'm graduating, like, why are we not just get married? Like, let's just get this done. Like, like, cause, <laughs> cause like, that's what people do. Like you get, you date and then you get married and then you have the kids and like, I've got my career. And, like, this is my logic and thought. And I thought, you know, like, how, did, just, how did you and I ever become friends? Because like, I went through high school being like, I'm never getting married. and I'm never like buying a house and I'm never going to do this. And I'm going to like travel the world. And like, I don't need to be a professional. And like, I don't have to go to university. And I don't have like, I can do anything I want and be anyone I want to be. And like, I don't need to follow suit. And like women who like get cozy and like marry the husbands and settle down and have kids. They're just like part of the like victimized patriarchy system mm -hmm. and like ba 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 and I'm like reading Naomi Klein and I'm like Susan B. Anthony is my friend and like she's my like fucking spirit sister. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like actually Lucy Stone did a better job than Susan B. Anthony, but that's a different <laughs> story. We'll talk about that in neo-feminism in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um how did we become friends? We became friends through recovery. Because <laughs> right. we stopped being those fucking yeah. people that yeah. we were before we met. <laughs> yeah. And I, and marriage makes me shudder. The idea of getting married again makes me shudder. Um, oh, fuck, I know. And it's like, and I, but I did say, um, so I was just on a hiking trip for six days. Yeah. And um, my, one of my best friends, we were sit, sitting out and it was like the moon was out and it was like shining on the water and it was like it was a very nice spot. And he's like, this is a spot like where you're like, if you've been dating someone for two or three years, you like turn to them and you propose. And I was like, I know I'm going to get suckered in one day. I'm like, I know someone's going to just come along and they're going to sucker me into getting married again. I'm like, it's just going to be one of those things that I'm going to get suckered into. Cause I 
I, I still believe that like stupid, stupidness of my mom. Who's like, never say never, because if you say never, it's going to happen. And <laughs> someone's going to come along and sweep me on my feet. And I'm just going to go and like, not going to go along with it, but I'm going to like, I say suckered, but I'll choose to be a part of it. But it, I know it's going to fucking happen. Can, just, I, like, can I be your like, like sidelines peanut gallery when you come home and you're like, this something like, Oh my God, he proposed and it was so amazing. I can be like, Claire, you dumb bitch. Yeah. Fucking reality check. Like, yeah. really? <laughs> I know. Can I be that person for you? Sure. You can yeah. totally be, but I'm, I mean, you, but I, you know, I, I can I'm, replay this podcast and be like, Re- remember what you fucking said? It's recorded. Yeah. It's recorded. <laughs> but you know, but you know what's going to happen. I'm just going to be like, but he's, He's so amazing. And he loves so great. And he agreed to the prenup. <laughs> <laughs> he, he took it. He signed it. He agreed to the terms. And I'm like, oh, I, I think yeah. I've been, I think I've been proposed to, I think, twice since uh, I've separated. And wow. Yeah. Good. Wow. Don't say good for me. That's fucking morons i can't believe i was even spending time with people who thought they should fucking ask me that <laughs> that's, and that's the thing it's like that's the place i'm at i'm like any guy who thinks that that's a good idea to fucking ask me to marry them doesn't know me like <laughs> is not listening they, like they're just wandering around with rose-colored glasses and think that like you know and that's also like a big indicator that that's their agenda and they don't give yeah. a fuck what i want yeah. and i'm like mm, wrong (laughs) please go straight to jail do not collect two hundred dollars yeah and go suck your own dick i'm not fucking marrying you i don't yeah okay we could let's let's get off the marriage conversation (laughs) okay so what was our next what are the mind management concepts needed for coping with rejection through recovery um i think i think i come at it from like a recovery model um so like I guess I come at it from like a 12-step recovery model um really sometimes yeah um well I think that's a big part of what I've been part of what I'm using yeah so um um some of it yeah um but I think like the idea of like understanding your character defects that's a, that's a 12-step uh, recovery process um and and analyzing them and understanding them um and accepting them and, and moving so, forward. And so that's directly related to dealing with re- people rejecting you and dealing with your own rejections of in like in the world. Yeah, I think if life. you don't understand your own character defects, then your um, rejection in any shape, way, shape or form can play on them. Like can and it does for me like that yeah. idea that I'm a people pleaser and that like control that control is a thing for me and other character defects that I have. If I don't they don't acknowledge them then i'm if someone can if i'm not using it if i'm not be wow i'm not using words tonight deep breath um, <laughs> try again yeah so like if i'm not coming at it from a recovery perspective that if i'm not in recovery or i'm not post recovery or i'm not post self work um that then i'm just like i'm not acknowledging those character effects and they they play out more and more and more with rejection so like the people pleasing like i if I didn't know I was a people pleaser, then I'm like, I'd try harder for that person or try harder to not be rejected or, you know, so I think like the idea of knowing your character defects is super important for moving forward for that forward moving process. Um, And then knowing to like how to work around those character defects and what does that look like? And 
Um, and so what would be like supporting tools that you know you've used to deal with feeling like something in life or something in the universe, whether it's a person or a situation has rejected you? What tools do I use? Yeah. Well, that's like, that's that further down the line recovery. The, the self-analyzing is perfect. Like having a knowledge and then. Yeah, the self-awareness. Self yeah, right? So that's good. And then, but then down the line, the tools come out. So like, what tools do I use? Um, well, appropriate exercise, not excessive exercise, um, daily meditation, daily readings, um, uh, making sure that I, you know, talk, phoning, talking to a friend, um, talking to the to pe the right people in my life. Like I've built, I've built my tribe of people that I need. And so going to the right members of my tribe, depending on what's really bothering me, and what type of personal dialogue do you participate in now when you feel you've... I check my thoughts. I check what's coming in. I'm checking because for me, a big thing was the self-negative thoughts. So for right. me now, I'm checking those and I'm like... like. So I'm, what are the positive things you say to yourself? Um, I, I flip the negative. Right. I flip the negative thought. So if I'm like, if something's come up and it's like, my negative thoughts like, well, you know, if only you tried harder or my, re my reverse to that would be, you did try, you tried in this way, this, 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 and way, whatever way. So I changed the dialogue to the right. thought. So I reverse it. That's fair. Mm -hmm. And so would there be a secondary tool as well? Like I'm, I'm trying to like dig deep and like, okay. What secondary tool besides yeah. like, well, I've listed a few daily tools. So yeah. what, what other secondary tool I've listed, like I listed my daily tools. I've listed the people I call. I've listed the checking my thoughts, changing my thoughts. I've further growth with other further growth style knowledge. What are you looking for from me? I guess. I don't know. I was mm -hmm. just digging to see how much I could get out of you. I was, <laughs> I was just dig, dig, digging, Claire. I was trying to, <laughs> like, I was trying pick, to get pick, to the, pick, pick, pick. I was trying to get to the bottom of your fucking tool bag. Yeah. yeah I heard that you use like 12 step recovery program tools yeah. and that you um, access your, uh, your tribe that yeah. you're, you're healthy people for yeah. like reflective conversations that are yeah. healthy and positive and supportive yeah. and that you take your negative self-talk and flip it into like positive self-talk yeah. and that you focus on using moderate amounts of your active coping mechanisms like breathing and meditation and exercise. Correct. Fuck yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a deep enough toolbox for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I, I, <laughs> when I deal with rejection, still, um, I I go through like the mental imagery of all the things I wish I could be doing. <laughs> um, but so yeah, like smoking like ten cigarettes in a row and like throwing beer bottles at a wall and <laughs> like going to a bar and just like picking a fight with a stranger and like drinking three bottles of wine in a night, like. I, but, um, I actually totally use a lot of the same tools that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, but you and I both deal with rejection in very different ways. Like yeah. we think about it differently. Yeah. Um, Oh, can I add in that? I do actually go still beat the shit out of like the boxing bag at the gym yep. Yep. and I, and I, and I make it, a, I do a little bit of toxicity to that point. Like I beat it to the point where my bruise, my hands and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I like beat the shit out of it. But you have like a stopping point, right? Like you don't get destructive in yeah. every single, like, you know. No, no, but I still beat the shit out of a bag. It feels so fucking amazing. 
So, Anyways. but I, I think that's, that's part of understanding that there's, that there's room for cathartic, cathartic release mm-hmm. and that that doesn't need to be pretty. And that no. I think that's a really important comment, comment to make and like um, something to describe and point out that when we deal with difficult things, when we have hardships in our life and regardless of how far we are into our recovery mm-hmm. or how advanced we are at feeling like we're thriving Mm -hmm. that um having hard times and behaving slightly erratically that one that we can put a cap on that there's nothing wrong with that right and that's that's kind of where I have gotten to in my recovery that yeah when I get frustrated and I've been rejected and I feel like someone has told me that I'm not good enough or I'm not adequate or that they don't value me as much as I wish they would, or that my efforts weren't enough to get the opportunity that I wanted or to, um, that I didn't work hard enough to earn something I was hoping for or that I was striving for. Um, yeah, I don't smoke 10 cigarettes. I'll have one. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And I don't, get wasted on three balls of wine, I have half a bottle of wine and I do some yelling with a supportive tribe member yeah. instead of yelling at a stranger. Yeah. Like I just, I dial it back. Yeah. Um, and that's, and I, it's, it's putting a cap on it. Yeah. Cause pain shows up. Yeah. Rejection causes pain and strife and grief and agitation and frustration and, um, you know, uh, a struggle with our ego Mm -hmm. and yeah, having conversations with myself about, um, that a lot of the time a rejection from like the universe or people or a situation or a circumstance or an achievement, um, is, is a reflection of, of the standards and me not, meeting them is sometimes a comment about me Mm -hmm. and just like you said like having having a self-check like being being okay with that sometimes being humbled by that and to not to not read it as like a rejection of myself as a person as a whole and to have that self-awareness yeah that in the grand scheme of things some a person rejecting me doesn't mean there's something wrong with me yeah it just means that they don't like me yeah and that's really okay yeah and then if I fail at an achievement or um or a task or my day or my parenting Mm -hmm. and I feel rejected by the universe or a circumstance that yeah maybe maybe I need to try again maybe I need to try harder but it's not it's not a it's not a calculation or a measurement of my value as a person and no. or of my worth it might yeah. just be who I am in relationship to the measurement of whatever that circumstance is measuring yeah and I don't I don't need to be perfect for everything I don't need to be perfect for every person I don't need to be perfect for every achievement um I don't need to be perfect every day right and that's that was one of the like big things about my destructive like pre-recovery behavior was I struggled so hard with wanting to be perfect and knowing that I couldn't be. And so I made my whole entire self as imperfect as possible. 
I, I rejected the world before I could feel it rejected me. Yeah. And so now as someone going through recovery and feeling like I'm like, I'm thriving in my life, it's a lot easier to go through everything and, and not expect perfection anywhere and be really fucking comfortable with that. Yeah. To be really, really okay when someone's like, you're not perfect for me. And for me to be like, that sucks, but okay. Like that's how you feel. There's nothing I can do about that for you. Um, and yeah, to kind of, to, to know that I have to take ownership of how I feel about that. And just as you said that to not to put ownership in the right places yeah. to know that that's someone else's choice or that's, you know, the, that's today's choice. Yeah. You know, that's my child's choice. Yeah. <laughs> like when she's like, I like dad better than you. And I'm like, fuck, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish I could go back to daddy's. I'm like, that feels like a big rejection. <laughs> I'm mm. like, you know, that's just today. Yeah. Cause Next week, she's going to be telling him the same thing. Right. And then I'm going to win. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not my turn. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's all of that dialogue. It's all of that discussion. And um, and making a habit of those discussions with ourselves. Yeah. Like turning it into a, into a healthy dialogue inside our heads and a healthy dialogue with others and a healthy dialogue about ourselves to others when they ask us, how we're feeling and we're okay and like how that felt and what that experience was like and what we're going to do about it and yeah to yeah to to immerse ourselves in healthier dialogue about it so that we can get practiced and um, have reference for how to use it with ourselves yeah right I I like your talk about wanting to be a perfectionist um like or and then reject what rejecting the world before yeah before it rejects me <laughs> yeah um you can't flip me the bird if I flip you the bird first yeah <laughs> um and I and it makes me think of like my self-destruction and um and how I felt like I was never good enough like mm. I but yet I but I strived to, and I put out there like top top quality to the world like I was like I always was you know being the best of me that I could be like I was always like had to get straight A's and I had to get really good marks and I had to graduate really like high up and and I graduated with honors and like all that stuff so that was what I needed to be that was the perfectionist I created in my world but yet my self-talk was the worst and so um and that continued right through till probably a year ago when I had a major depression and it's funny because like one of the first things you told me to do was like listen to uh listen to you are a badass just like start listening to that and then I listened to the you are a badass like on audiobook yeah and one of her things is like write positive affirmations and read them every day till you believe them yeah (laughs) and so like one of my story one of the stories on this is my a part of my recovery is that I did do that I wrote positive affirmations down and I read them every day and the same ones. Um, and I, one of my biggest po- positive affirmations that sat with me well enough that like, that went with the counseling that I was receiving at the time where the counselor's like, well, do you, where do you feel that feeling? And I was like, feel what? Feel what? There's a, like, you're supposed to feel something? <laughs> but when I started to acknowledge that my body actually does feel feelings or feel things, um, one of the positive affirmations that gave me a feeling was I am enough. 
and, and something that I now have tattooed on my body because it's something I believe I don't have to be a perfectionist. I don't have to show up, um, in, in any way, shape or form. I can show up and be enough. Yeah. Like, and, and this where I think you and I differ sometimes where you're like, I have to be this productive and I have to get this, this, and this done. And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) I don't, I can just show up as I am the way I am. And I can show up to the world that way. And if I'm having a shitty day, I can show up having a shitty day and people are either going to not like me or like me that way. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that because that's all I can do that day. So like if I'm having a shitty day and I'm just showing up just to even just to show up at work that day and be there and I may not be the most productive person that day, but if I'm still showing up and getting a little done, it's better than not showing up at all. So like, Showing up is enough for me sometimes. And so like just remembering that I'm enough regardless of, regardless of all the time. That's, that's actually like a big thing that um, is pointed out to people going through recovery is um, like a tendency to believe that we need to be producing something in order to have worth as a person. Yeah. And like, you are definitely the master of, of like, this is where I am at. I don't need to do fuck all to like have worth. I am enough where I'm at, wherever that is today, whether I took a four hour nap or I was a good parent or not, or I went to work all day or not. Like Mm -hmm. I'm an, I'm enough. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because um, you and I do have so many similarities, but so many differences about recovery. Like I did like Jen, Jen Sanchero's you are a badass book fucking was a game changer for me yeah but I took a lot of different things out of it and you actually own the book um the subtle art of not giving a fuck yeah and I listened to that on audio tape like back to back with Jen Sancheros and a lot of that resonated with me as well whereas like he talks about like anyone who looks in the mirror every day and like has to say like looks in the mirror and is like, I love myself. I love myself. He's like, that person doesn't fucking love themselves. And yeah. that's not what's going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And he's like, um, I can't, you know, his, his message is not giving zero fucks, but putting your fucks in the right places. Right. And like his opening chapter is like, don't try. Yeah. Like stop, stop trying, stop thinking that yeah. people have these great, amazing fucking lives because they're, trying so hard to be yeah. something because it, it could happen or it could not like yeah. go put your fucks in the right places instead of putting your fucks in really screwed up places like trying to be the best yeah because that's not a thing yeah it's actually like the best what yeah like, <laughs> you know if you're the best actor today that's a bunch of votes from a bunch of people who give a shit about tv yeah like are you or like yeah. the best writer or the best parent? Like the yeah. best parent to who? Right. Like you can't. There, there's no way to actually reach this fictional giving a fuck about everything perfectionist whatever because you there's no way there's no realistic way to measure that. Yeah. So to just let it the fuck go. go. Yeah. And but that's like, part of recovery too. Of yeah. Like letting it go is part yeah. of recovery and we're all going to do that in our different ways and we're yeah. all gonna we're all gonna not do it and do it and forget to do it and so, and yeah so talking about letting go in different ways yeah. is we've got another way that rejection happens and it's the polite relationship exit 
So <laughs> the one where I send people long winded paragraphs and you're like, for someone that's not wordy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So our listeners need to know that this is, this is one of the most hilarious things, the back and forth between Claire and I is when she goes to tell someone that she doesn't either like want to have a relationship with them anymore or be their friend anymore. She like writes this giant, very apologetic text message or like says, I should really call them or like, like, or like talk to them face to face. Like I should get together with them and explain it to them. I'm like, bitch, you don't need to explain fucking shit. You don't need to tell them fucking anything. You can just be like, Peace out, bitch. And, like, <laughs> not call them again and stop answering their shit. Like, you are fully allowed to do that. Like, that might not be how that person wants to be treated. Yeah. But if that's how you feel like behaving, <laughs> in the balance of the universe, that's not a, like, because I don't even get, I don't even believe in karma, really. But, like, that's, you're not, you're not going to get fucked for that. Like, that, <laughs> that is an adequate response to tell someone to just politely fuck off <laughs> like, and, yeah and, and where's where's that's what i do Someone, yeah. someone's yeah. like hey like do you want to keep hanging out and i just like ghost them yeah. i'm like i don't need to i don't owe anyone fucking anything i know it's the di- the biggest difference between you and i yeah you're like this is like if uh, if i was being spoken to or yes. this is happening to me this is how i would want to be treated and this is how i what i would want to hear yeah. i would want to explain to me yeah and i'm like if someone doesn't fucking like me and they tell me to fuck off, I'm going to be like, thanks for not wasting my time with like a giant explanation of like why you're so sorry. Like, I don't have time for that. I was, <laughs> I was talking to um, my friend Sal, De- fuck, I can't pronounce his last name, but he's like a uh, entrepreneur down in Seattle. And he, he said he met another guy out on the West Coast and they're both from the East Coast. And the one thing that I really appreciated he said was as a New Yorkers, give you the courtesy of not wasting your time. And that's why East coasters are so blunt. And I know when I've traveled out there and I've been to the East coast and like been in New York and like long Island, I love how abrasive and blunt and like direct those people are. They do not fucking waste your time. So when someone sends me some giant poetic, like, I'm so sorry, I don't want to be with you. And I'm like, did you really just make me read that whole thing? (laughs) Did you really just like, I, like just at the end to tell me that you don't want to see me anymore or that like it's like a giant rejection letter from a university like you know after like much deliberation and reviewing all of your work and then like finally like three paragraphs later you've not been accepted I'm like can you like waste of my time I that okay, whole time, I don't have three paragraphs. It's just one usually. Yeah, it's just one. Yeah. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's two. It's like it's the length of your phone screen. Yeah. Which is <laughs> fucked. That is a fucked way to break up with someone. Well, you, I, yeah. I've, okay. So like, yeah, <laughs> I know I'm terrible. Okay. Anyways, so we're but, talking about polite relationship exits and yeah. like, not just, not just with, um, romantic partners, romantic partners. It's like with in-laws or with family members or with like people like we'll call them friends, but we don't want to be their friend. Like this shit happens all the time. Yeah. Or people not wanting to be our friends. That's right. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time that happened. I know. I can't really either. When was the last? I know there's people who like don't put any effort into being my friend, but I don't know if that's a polite rejection. Maybe it is. And I just don't give a fuck. So I don't call it that. Like, I don't (laughs) feel like they're rejecting me because I'm rejecting them back politely. Yeah. Like we've both politely made a relationship exit. Like I don't call (laughs) them. They don't call me. Like when we see each other in public, we're kind of like, Hey, 
You good? Uh, yeah, me and the kid. Yeah, we're great. Everyone's great. See you around. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we should totally hang out sometime. Yeah. Do you still have my number? Yeah. And then I check my phone and I'm like, oh, I do still have their number. I'm not using it though. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna use it. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember last time I interjected for friendship, but you know. So tell me, tell me about some circumstances where you politely, politely reject either romantic or non-romantic relationships. Oh, besides the like ones where I send paragraph text messages? Yeah. Cause those are, I don't even want to. <laughs> um, I stopped doing that, I guess. Somewhat. No. And no. after multiple reviews from me, I, I feel like they got cut in half. Which I they, think is amazing. Yeah, they did get cut. <laughs> and, you know, there's also the times where I've, like, just yelled at someone on the phone. God, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. I loved that one. Yeah. But I still feel like that conversation went on too long. Like, you call, like you had to call him an idiot six times. And then block him. Yeah. 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 And then block him because yeah. apparently he just didn't get it. Yeah. Well, okay. So none of that is, like, a polite relationship exit. Um, I feel right. like you offered a clear rejection and he just wasn't listening. Okay. So, so that wasn't polite. Can, um, can, can we talk about your mother-in-law? Oh. <laughs> Ex-mother-in-law? Ex-mother-in-law. Um, you mean like tonight when I like left? I was really polite to her. I just told her we had other things we needed to do. We got to go. Yeah. Well, so you gave me this advice. So my my history with this is for the two Christmases after I separated from my husband, um, I still created a Christmas for him and his mother and his dad and our child. Right. And when you and I became friends and you saw me the second year and you were, and you saw how like stressed and upset and angry I was that I was putting in all this effort to create a Christmas for my ex-husband's mother and father and our daughter. So like our daughter, my, my daughter, great. Of course I want her to have a Christmas. Like no one else is going to make it for her. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Um, and you were like, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't. And I, and I, and I'm saying to myself, like, if I don't make Christmas happen for his mom, for his mom and his dad, they like, they, they, no one else is making Christmas for them. No one else. Like, like my ex doesn't know how to make Christmas happen. He's a guy. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) he doesn't fucking know. Um, and so if I don't do Christmassy things and then invite them to, they won't have Christmases. Yeah. Really. They won't have Christmassy family Christmases. Right. Um, and you were like, you don't need to do that for them. Yeah. Like that's not, you don't need to have a relationship with like do anything or mm-hmm. offer anything to your exes, your ex spouses, parents. Yeah. And I'm like, Holy fuck. You're right. <laughs> um, so like my, and, but it, it carried in other areas of the relationship where I like, made sure to like call them and check in on his mom and see mm. how she was doing and like have mm. like play connection conversations with her and like yeah. invite her in for a coffee when she, yeah. and like, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't want to, I just did it cause I felt like I should. Yeah. Um, to like maintain a, like a open, good relationship with her. And it's like, I don't do any of those things now. And her and I still like, are fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, um, I've fallen back into an old habit a little bit with Eric's mom, um, or my ex's mom. Um, anyways, that, um, I was staying a little longer having coffee and visiting and I was like, and 
I got there today and I decided I didn't want to stay. I was like, <laughs> I, I have shit I need to get done and, and I need to take my child because you won't take her longer for me to accomplish these things. So I'm going to pick up my kid and then we're going to go and do them together. Um, and we're going to leave. And I was quite okay with it. Well, I, well, there's an overarching thing here that we're like tiptoeing around. It's like, we don't need to spend time with people we don't like. Yeah. And at the same time, we don't need to go up to another adult and be like, I don't like you. Yeah. So I'm not going to spend as much attention giving a fuck about. Right. An- what any- you think. Yeah. Anything about you. And what you care about and, and all of it. Like as, as adults, I feel like in, when we're not recovered, when we're still in a toxic mindset that we, f- we f- feel those things very deeply. Like we, someone else's polite relationship exit from us feels like a massive rejection. Yeah. And, um, our polite relationship exits are actually like totally toxic mm-hmm. what we think is a polite because like i said like i would just like stone like yeah. stonewall someone yeah. whereas now that that's that's actually do so our polite relationship exits healthy or not healthy i would say that there's a super healthy way of dealing with not having to tell someone that 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 we think they suck yeah we're just kind of like through our actions i'm not gonna spend time with you yeah yeah fair but I've, I've also seen, like, people I do that to um, repeatedly, like, approach me and be like, can, can we just, can we be friends? Like, or, like, can I see you again? Or, yeah. like, they, they need me to confirm with them that I don't ever want to see them. <laughs> I've had those, like, that guy that, like, texts me multiple times over the course of, like, you know, uh, six, eight, ten months. And is and like text me for something else. And then it's like, and we should get together sometime. And I answer his something else and then don't say anything about spending time with him. Mm-hmm. And then finally he gets to the point where it's like, so I've mentioned spending time together a few times. Like, can you just let me know if I should stop that? And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> um, if you really need me to, I will tell, like, I didn't, I didn't just like miss it. In your text message, I didn't didn't just not see that part. (laughs) I I didn't respond to it because I was politely disregarding that request. Yeah. (laughs) You mean like the same person that I had to block because they kept being like, you're going to be my friend. No, I'm not going to be your friend. Yeah, I don't want to be your friend. So when someone doesn't hear us rejecting them, what is that about? Them, not me. Well, of course, it's, it's not for lack of communication on our part, but when like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with it right now. Like I'm telling someone to like, leave me alone and like mm-hmm. stop messaging me. And they like, and then it's just, they're not listening. They're not. So listening. therefore you have to then finish it. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and so let's, let's oh, move. oh, but the other thing is that my paragraph and my phone call and my necessity, I, I broke up with someone recently in like two sentences. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It was like my favorite breakup that you've had yeah. where you're, where you're <laughs> like, okay, 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 bye. <laughs> well, I guess we're like, what did you say? I like, said, um, well, what did I say? I was like, 
It was two sentences, though. It was something about, I don't want to waste your time. Um, so I'm not going to? No, I can't remember now. Oh, my God, but it was epic. It was like two sentences. Something about, oh, I don't want to waste your time, but I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an epic Claire paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I, I really, I like, we'll just, yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. High fives. So our our last topic is the uh is the is the getting dumped. So rejection, uh polite relationship exits and getting dumped. So pre, like have you have you were you ever dumped pre-recovery? Was it dumped pre-recovery? Um hmm. Yeah, when I was really, really young, because I went through like a 13-year relationship. So I was codependent with someone for 13 years. Yeah. Um, so I guess prior to that, yeah, I was dumped and rejected by a few men. Okay. Um, and then like after, after your separation and you like, I mean, from what I, I, recall, yeah, from what I, I know of you, like, yeah, you, you don't I dump, get dumped. I dump them. <laughs> yeah. You don't get dumped. Yeah. I've had ones that don't really care though, that I've dumped them. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it's like a mutual rejection. Yeah. When like, so didn't I have one? Didn't I have one recently? Or I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, mm. yeah, I did. I had like thought that they were they were like important, but like I wrote them. <laughs> oh, it was one that I wrote a paragraph to, and I think I got like two words back. And yeah, we like, were like, and you're like, yeah, it kind of makes sense though, Claire. And I was like, oh, all right, well, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I've had mutually not caring. Um, yeah, but those, I kind of feel like you're like, you're in recovery and like pretty far along in recovery. So you dealing with, um, guy either getting dumped or dumping someone else is like, you're, you're pretty good at it. Like you, just, yeah. you cope with it well, yeah. you cope with it in a healthy way. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. So, I think so. Yeah. Whereas I fuck still want to throw beer bottles. Like, and this, like this, uh, this recent one was fucking hard hard like no cigarettes no wine no you like yeah. you were going on a six-day hike yeah and I was like left to my own fucking devices yeah. I mean I binge watch tv a bit but you know but it's it's also like and I and I did some like universe bargaining you know like it's for the better and like good riddance and like it wouldn't like you know I talk I talked myself out of it being important right um and, but I, I battled back and forth with it. Like it was, and like, I spent a lot of time investment in it. Mm. And, um, I, I was hoping for it to work out well. I was right. hoping for it to keep working yeah. and to, to have it just like blow up in my face. And I'm like, well, fuck. And then looking back at the pattern, right. I turned it on myself. I'm like, right. um, Cause that's, that's what we do in breakups. It's yeah, like, turn it's, it back on ourselves. Yeah. That we like, it was all our fault. Well, not that it was all my fault. Cause it fucking no. sure as fuck wasn't. Um, but to, to turn it on my own behavior, mm. like to look at my, my, my breakup patterns and, um, to kind of be like, well, that's, that's something that's happened before. <laughs> like, I, I, they, I've been, I've been, they've, I've had a fight picked with me about that same fucking thing before. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah, 
I don't know. I think we we're just breakups. Breakups suck. Um, that's deep. <laughs> sorry. They they do in the like breakups suck regardless of if you're breaking it up breaking up with someone else. Like it's I think I think the thing that resonated at the time the time you put into someone and for me I, I always do that too with like people even if I'm gonna break up with them I just like give them a little more time maybe they can solve like this or maybe like uh, maybe I, I'm the worst in that yeah. when it comes to relationships <laughs> I give people like umpteen tries um and like maybe if only and I'm like <laughs> I will never forget like one of our conversations that happened probably a few months ago where I was like maybe it's just it would just be easier if I went back to so and so and you're like Nothing about that relationship was easy. <laughs> you were like, every time I asked you about that person, you were not happy and you like, ba 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 ba. And I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't easy. <laughs> Fine. I'll keep searching for something, uh, someone else. My, my joke about that was the difference between you and I is that you go into relationships so slowly yeah. you're so untrusting you need like confirmation after confirmation that that's something you want to get into and then your exit is like pulling fucking teeth <laughs> you will literally get to like rock bottom in a relationship with someone who is being such a stupid fuck <laughs> and make excuse after excuse after and like but i love them Really? <laughs> all you do is complain about them and you're fucking angry all the time. And you laugh at them. <laughs> Whereas, like, I meet someone new and I'm like, this looks great. And I, like, jump right in their boat. And I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah. Like, and I love you. And, like, this is yeah. awesome. And, like, get like get on board and, like, share tons of, like, vulnerabilities. And, yeah. like, start cooking yeah. in their kitchen. I and don't I'm, understand like, that. I still don't understand that. But... Um, as soon as it comes to like getting out, I'm like, oh, we're done. It's done. Like as soon as I see something I don't like, I'm like, it's over. My God, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about this. Like we're done. Like, and I just like, I get it. I get out. Oh, that's it. You go in slowly and you get out slowly. Yeah. And I get in and I get out. Yeah. And it's like, you know, um, no matter like how much they they bargain or they back and forth or like no matter how much I miss it I'm like I ain't going back yeah I'm not doing that again yeah like I, f I fucking see the problem and I'm like I'm not doing that yeah I'm not okay with that right like my my tolerance level is so fucking low for bullshit as yeah. soon as I see something I don't like I'm like nah if that's part of the package uh-uh Throw the whole thing out. I'm not even going to recycle it. I'm just, <laughs> it doesn't even go in the organic bin. I'm not yeah. even going to let it, like, go back down into the earth where it belongs. I'm literally going to throw it in a landfill, and it can just be there for centuries in pain and agony with all the other things I think are garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so vindictive and spiteful. I do want to make it clear that there's not – I've only – I've only in since breaking up with my ex-husband only gone back to one person uh, in all the dating. I've only dated someone, gone back to someone and dated someone, one person, multiple times. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't I'm not I'm not a frequent flyer of like reusing the same relationship. Yeah. It's just this one person. 
this one person I like seem to always come back to like reusing. Not anymore. No, 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 no. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. It, yeah, it's it's funny. I did like a little bit of a, a check-in with like some old bows a while ago. And before I started seeing the guy that just dumped my ass, like a prick. Um, so I had to slide that in there. Felt good. Yeah. Um, but, and like... I just, this, this was part of the bargaining, like the universe shit. Like when, when I get dumped and I'm like, kind of like good riddance and like, that wasn't meant for me anyway. And like, yeah. well, you know, it just makes it easier, like to not waste my time any longer. Like yeah. it wasn't meant to be like, that's not the person for me then right. where like, I feel, I feel like people will do that. Like, oh, like we, we just had a fight. We just had an argument. It's like, I don't do that. Like right. I, I just, right. I'm like, you wanted to pick a fight with me or like, you want to argue about that? Like I'm uncompromising, Yeah. which I had like pointed in my face tonight that like, (laughs) isn't a place for growth. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like all my friends are confirming that I don't need to change that. Like, I just need to find what matches me better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Like what, why do we need to, why do we need to compromise for something that we think is a lesser value to make ourselves uncomfortable? So like for you, I think like your time management is incredibly important for you to date someone that's more needy of your time management. That's to, to grow. That's just a stupid idea for me. Yeah. I mean, it, it was expressed to me tonight that um, I kind of in a roundabout way, I don't think it was said directly, but it's what he was getting at was that my, my behavior and my stance on I only allow a relationship this much time. Like this is how much time I can give it at this point, like in an early stage. And as I go forward, they can gain or earn more of my time. I feel like that's a healthy boundary, but I was told that that's like an uncompromising behavior in a relationship. But I just feel like that's a, that's a healthy progressive way to build any relationship that you can't just oh, meet you mean someone like me where I tiptoe in and I don't jump with two fucking feet. Yeah, that's right. And that they like get that a person, both people gain and earn time with each other. It's not just about me that if someone else wants to let me into their life sooner and wants me there more often sooner, that's their shit. Yeah. Whereas if I'm, moving slowly and like I can provide you know in the first four weeks like four to six hours over the weekend and then the next month after doing that four times then we start having overnights and then they can start having 12 hours of my time or they can start having 24 hours of my time I feel like that's a healthy way to progress but when I get to like four months in or like six dates in and someone's like you didn't like what like what were you doing last night you didn't text me good night and I'm like and the words that my mother yelled at me one time want to come out of my mouth like you need that <laughs> and I'm like oh like I'm I'm conflicted right like I'm, I I'm feel looking- I still I still hold to this that I feel like if you wanted that person badly enough you would adapt your time I don't feel like that's fair because I've been in relationships where I do want the person very badly. Like my, my most recent that I, I integrated so much of my shit and it still wasn't enough time for them. It wasn't enough attention for them. And I, I don't, I don't understand how I could have lovingly carved more time for them without sacrificing 
shit I'm already building that has nothing to do with them. Sacrificing my parenting, my goals, my friendships, my tribe, my self-time, like my self-care, my studying, my like fucking chores, just fucking basic chores. Like I don't, I don't understand where, where a romantic partner wants me to jam them further into my life and start fucking with my, my organized, balanced life system. And then think that that's going to be a better relationship with me. That I start giving shit up for them. Yeah. It's fucked. It's fucked. I, I don't appreciate it. So I'm just like yelling at you. You're, yeah. just, you're just letting me vent about my fucking breakup relationship and getting dumped right now on a fucking recorded podcast, aren't you? Uh, a little bit because I'm also like, I, yeah, I'm like, I don't have anything more to say besides what I said. And I, well, because... Well, my most recent, my most recent breakup was one where I literally said to you, I'm like, when someone doesn't message you for four days, not that I'm saying that I couldn't have messaged them, but when they literally go silent for four days, I'm like, no, that's not acceptable enough for me. Like I, I, I value communication. I value, I value time with people. So for me, nope, not enough. Goodbye. Yeah. And so this, this is the exact thing is you want to find someone who matches that for you. Yeah. Whereas I'm very comfortable in a relationship where someone doesn't message me for two to three days. I, but you know, it often doesn't happen that way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, where I can turn around and be like, (laughs) so like, have you been busy? Like, what have you been doing? And for them to be like, oh, I did like these things and I did all this stuff and like blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, great. Good for you. Like, when do I see you next? Like, it's just like fucking water off my back. Right. right. If, if, unless they're coming to me and being like, I met this other person and I was right. just fucking ignoring you. Right. Or they're lying to me and they're like, oh, sorry. I was so busy. I wanted to text you, but and then I'm like, okay, that's bullshit. Like I'm not tolerating that. But if they're like, I was studying for exams and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to hear from you for a few days until you're done your shit. Mm. I support that. Can I bring you food? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I do something for you to Mm. help facilitate you meeting your goals without bothering the shit out of you? (laughs) And if someone were to give me that, I'd be like, yes, please. Yeah. Like that's a cool relationship. So I like, it's not about one being better than the other. It's, and it's not about, but, but it, I think the other thing that I always go, I always go back to in this, in this argument is that we discussion. Well, yeah, but difference of opinion. Cause you and I never seem to really reach a lot of conclusion except for what works in our relationship. But besides oh. that, okay. Besides that, literally what you just said, like, can I bring you something or can I do something for you? Your language is your love language. Your desired language is so different than mine. Mine is literally spending quality time with someone, literally just showing up. I don't need them to be a certain way. I just need them to want to spend time with me. And literally what you're describing is an act of of service, like someone to come and do things for you. Yeah, that that I can't, that I cannot or or, or, am unable to. Or would take a load off of you. Yeah. So like that, it's just different love languages. Yeah. So for someone to like text me and be like, Hey, thinking about you. And I'm like, don't have time for that. Yeah. But if someone's like, Hey, I know you're really busy right now. Like, I know you have a car appointment. Do you want me to take your car in and yeah. out so that you can stay home and yeah. study? And I'd be like, you are going to get a 
big city blowjob later. Yeah. Like, yes, please. Like yeah. <laughs> Which that, goes that... back to our relationship where I show up and I'm like, what can I help you do? What oh, do you need it. me to do? What do you need me to help you accomplish? How can I help you do that? Yeah. And when you're like, when I'm like, how, like, how, yeah. I, how can I, how, where can I give you time? Yeah. Where can you and I sit together? Yeah. Like, what, where are you going to be and what are you going to be doing? Can I join you for right. that? And just be around. Right. And you love that. Yeah. And yeah, maybe, maybe that's like my, maybe that's my like answer. Maybe that's yeah. my universe answer through this conversation that I've been looking for. It's like, yeah. how do I find someone who matches me in a relationship? Someone who doesn't, who, who's like not focused on literally like the time spent. Yeah. Someone who's focused on like, that like that we serve one another yeah. equally. Yeah. And the, the need for like attention and affirmation and like, like all, all of that, like verbal affirmation, sh- like, I don't fucking need it. I don't need someone to tell me I'm right. pretty, like, it's nice to hear, but if you fucking help me work on my car, like amazing, right. amazing. I really appreciate that. Yeah. But that's the thing though, that the other part of this part is that you will, you may or may not find someone that meets matches your love language, but you also need to like what, like I just said, in our relationship, we understand that we have different ones. Right. And so, and we, I try to answer yours yeah, and you try and to I, Yeah. Right. So it's the same thing when you're having a room in a, in a romantic relationship, you have to acknowledge that they're going to have, they may have a different one from you and you have to learn it. And you, you want that person to feel love. Then you have to speak their love. And if you want to feel love, you have to tell them how to meet your love too. And that's the part that you don't, you feel like you don't have time for, but if you really want that person, you will make time for that. You will figure out how to make time for that piece of it because it's going to solve the time commitment a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot more down the the road. Like, so if you figured it out and that was their love language, and maybe it is that if their love language is quality time, you don't have it and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. If that's their love language, you're like, I don't have enough time to give you. And that's okay. Like, that's what I felt. That was a story I was telling myself about the person that I just recently broke up with it, that they were a great person, but they were never going to meet my, they, my like quality time love language. And I didn't give them a chance and I didn't tell them because I didn't, wasn't invested enough in that person. But ultimately like, that's the story I'm going to tell myself about that dissolve of that relationship. Mm -hmm. They don't have enough time for you. Right. So I like ultimately it, if you figure out that that's someone's love language and you're like, I don't want to invest that much time or like, I don't have that much time for that person or, or I don't value that love language enough to yeah. be giving that to someone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's I think, all of those things. I think that's a, that's an extremely valuable perspective for you to help me develop. Um, that I've possibly been trying to get into relationships with people who, their love language is, is quality time. And it's one, not my love language and two, not something that I'm able to offer in my life right now. Yeah. And, um, that doesn't mean that that person is a bad person. It just means that that it doesn't, it, a relationship with someone like that doesn't work for me. Right. So, and so I need to be more careful about like who I choose to ha- like try to build a relationship with and yeah. be able to identify it earlier. Yeah. Right. And maybe the person that you end up in a relationship with, maybe it's more positive affirmations or like different other things, physical touch or like other, uh, other things than quality time. 
nope, you said you said active service. I'm going with active service. That's where I'm going to fucking live my life now. It sounds easy. <laughs> <laughs> no growth required. No growth required. <laughs> Anyways. Well, so, so, ladies and gentlemen, you just experienced Claire giving me um, a hashtag enlightened bitch talk <laughs> on helping me figure my shit out. Uh, but welcome to our conversations. And then um, when you when you see her educate me, it's a lot more blunt. Because <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I because I don't I don't take the time. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just doing the job as quickly and effectively and efficiently as possible. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it's an act of service and I'm going to be effective at it. Right. Fair. Fair. Love you, bitch. Love you too. <laughs> um, we, we got through it all. Sweet. All right. Sweet. So that's our, that's our episode tonight from uh, Julia and Claire. Yeah. So this has been another episode of hashtag enlightened bitches. I hope all of you enjoyed our rejection, relationship exits, and getting dumped talks. <laughs> nice. Nice. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all are having a good evening or daytime or wherever you are at when you're listening to this. I love that part of it. Yeah. That they can listen to us wherever. Yeah. It was suggested to me that we should do a record, like a video recorded one. Yeah. Everyone wants to know what we look like, but we're beautiful. They could just find us. I fucking, no, I'm... I don't know. I'm in like cat hair covered leggings right now. I'm in, in like a sweatpants suit that's like incredibly cozy and shows no flattering figure. It's, it's not a suit. And actually, you look like you lost weight since you came back from your hike again. I haven't stepped on the scale. I'm a little afraid to. I've been like. Don't eating. be afraid to. You look fucking skinnier than you did before you left. <laughs> for, for anyone who isn't aware, Claire has lost 10 pounds in the last month and a half. No, three months. Three months. No. Yes, since mid March. Three months. I've done it slowly. Mm, I feel like you leveled up a lot faster than you're giving yourself credit for. But either way, Claire's 10 pounds down, mm. if not more. <laughs> and it's fucking sexy as shit. I put my hands all over her. <laughs> Way more than I used to. I love it. Claire, Claire gets felt up at home all the time now. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very yeah. like I'm it's great. <laughs> I'm just I'm like a stumble over my words, like <sighs> but the way stuff is good. And it came home all tender for you, babe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're like everywhere. Do I, do I, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Can I help you uh, put lotion on that sunburn later? <laughs> You'll be only the second person that's offered that this week. But thanks. that's because you went to see him first. All right, guys, let's, let's not bring Jack and Julia out. Everyone, I hope you're having a great day, night, Whatever. morning. Love you. <laughs> Enlightened bitches out. <laughs>